Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Foy and Dr. Drew. Here we are. Hey, welcome to another This Life Podcast. Bob, how you doing, Here buddy? we are. Here we are, man. So are we e- saying what day it is or we're not? Sure. All right. It's Easter Sunday, we're people! We're recording this on Easter Sunday, and Bob just uh, <laughs> recovered from a series of egg hunts. Two egg hunts in one day. And Elvis has ranked the uh, holidays. Yes, he's ranked the holidays. Elvis Halloween, is Bob's son. Yeah, my five-year-old. Halloween, number, number one. one. Nice. Christmas, number two. Hanukkah, a close <laughs> two, well, two four, B, of apparently. Of course. He gets to celebrate both. And then Easter is four, and I said, well, what about Thanksgiving? And he said, I said, what about St. Patrick's Day? Ooh. And he's like, no, Easter, Easter bunny, candy, <laughs> Easter bunny. And he had a new theory about the Easter bunny. Yes, yeah, so the, he saw the Easter bunny yesterday at Cumberland Farms, and it was the first time he realized, I guess at five, five and a half, that's a person in there. That's not really the Easter Bunny. <laughs> the real Easter Bunny somewhere else. Yeah, but there right. is a real Easter right, Bunny. Right. He has a whole theory about yeah, it. Yeah, that's yeah. half bunny, half human, <laughs> that Jeez. does the Easter eggs at night before Easter. But these people are just people dressing up as him to promote him. Absolutely. So it's, he yeah. actually has insight at five and a half about branding. Good for him. <laughs> Hey, let me, speaking of brand, let me remind people about, <laughs> about our friends. Speaking of Well, it's our friends at Rocky Mountain Treatment Center. Yeah. This is a residential program in Great Falls, Montana. I have been sort of saying Bozeman as a shorthand because that's where the, I know the it's airport. It's the only airport. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's actually out, out in the in the glory of Montana, Great Falls. Uh, 32 years they've been in business. You know they're up to something Yeah, good. they're doing it. Yeah, they know what they're doing. Uh, they have a, a nationally, the, their programs are, they're one of the limited number of addiction programs. Uh, well, the only program in Montana to offer equine therapy, and they have a uh, particular counselor that is licensed for the. Let me get this right: the Professional Association of Therapeutic Horsemanship International, uh, a PATH certified instructor. Uh, and again, that's they're very proud of that. I, I I'm just happy. With, listen, if people are interested in that, I'm all for it. But I'm interested in the the sobriety the quality of the professionals that work there. And I've vetted these people, and that's what I will stand behind. And equine therapy, as you and I have talked, is is very, very helpful, and people do like that as well. Uh, you know, it's people do sort of tend to mask their traumas, and uh, sort of, I've seen situations where being in and around the equine therapy and the equine therapist breaks people through and helps them process It depends on the therapist. Yeah. You know what much, I mean? Very and, much. And so many things go on in that. This is still a lot of the 12-step community, boo, you know, poo-poos it. But here's the thing. 
an animal, and I learned this from Susie Landolfi, one of the great equine therapists here in Los Angeles, animal doesn't care what you want it to do, right? right. So it puts you in the secondary role, which right. all addicts need to realize. Yes. The world doesn't revolve around that. Well, that is an important piece, really important. <laughs> and, and by the way, you're out in the middle of uh, the glory of Montana, you know, the yeah, Rockies and stuff. Imagine? It's like, come on. Yeah, so I, I, you know, and again, with people that know how to do detox, know how to enforce, reinforce abstinence base, know how to process trauma, know how to connect with people, introduce to 12 step. It's all that great stuff that Bob and I stand behind thoroughly. And plus, so. hopefully, they're far away from Bozeman Airport. Well, so you get somebody up there. Yes. Just don't answer their phone calls oh, if they want to come home. It's so that's true. what the parents need to do. It's so true. <laughs> we went through that in one of the podcasts recently with the kid in Florida, but if you guys yeah. listen to that one. But uh, yeah, they they, uh, they want to come back right when they they need to stay always, and and of course they use lots of rhetoric about how horrible they are and how yeah, they don't know yeah. what they're doing, and this these people mistreat me. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so be that as it may, uh, Bob, I want to welcome our guest today. It is Cindy Kaza. Twitter handle is at Cindy underscore Kaza. at Medium Cindy Kaza. at Medium Cindy Kaza. is is the is your Twitter handle? Yes. Yes. Yeah, and. Um, Cindy is a medium, and Cindy's a I friend of that. ours. She was an important player in Susan's, my wife Susan's podcast, Calling Out. And Cindy's also a, well, tell, you, tell yeah, your story. I'm right? a recovering alcoholic. There you so, go. So, yeah. I got sober May 18th of 2003. My goodness. So. That's a long yeah. time ago. And we sat at the breakfast table this morning, and she told me her story. You open to the whole story? Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Open book. She had a really interesting, you'll, you're going gonna to break your heart when you hear the mom story. This was a really interesting piece of Cindy's history that she told me this morning. Go ahead and tell her. Yeah, so, um, you know, I was very fortunate to have a mom who was in recovery. My mom got sober when I was three. Wow. So I grew up in the program, and then, you know, I got sober. I knew where to go. I'm so fortunate. Um, but my mom, I, I really had the first experience, firsthand experience of understanding and, and witnessing how uh, how much a relapse can ruin somebody's life so quickly and bring somebody down so quickly because I think as addicts, we, you know, the part of the, the struggle is we think after some time in sobriety, oh, I've got this, I've got this. But, you know, they say in, in the program, your disease is just doing push-ups waiting for you to relapse and, and it is always going to be worse. So, you know, my mom was sober, got her master's degree, got her life together, was teaching at a college and and you know she relapsed and wound up. Uh, right, just, what was the what was the opening symptom that led her down the path to relapse? Ah, uh, yeah. So my mom. She had what? Uh, she had a neck trauma. Neck pain. Yeah. yeah. Bob. Yeah, yeah. That's what's now, going on. Now she had neck pain and then back pain. Now write the script. Write write the story. Well, you know exactly where it goes. She, you know, she's at first. Did she was she very open about being on pills? Or she kept it a secret and was just for her to understand. Well, she she was open for a time saying, you know, I'm taking this medicine for my back, but then it became an addiction and then it just Lying went from there. Then all then, the way down. She, when when yeah. was this? What year was this? It gotta be recent. This was right? two thousand my mom started taking the pills, I would say in two thousand two thousand four. So she was at there. the vanguard of the pandemic that we're seeing now, Bob, yeah. where eventually the doctors went, oh, my God, you're a bad patient. Get it. You're you're an addict. Get out of here. And guess what happened? Heroin. Yeah. 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 At how, at how how long from 2004 till the heroin? How long? Two years, a year, two years? Well, years? you know, when the when the doctors basically there were a number of doctors because, you know, one cut her off. Then she went to another and basically the word got out. Don't give this patient any more pills. And so my As mom supposed to get treatment for this poor woman. Right. Yeah. Right. Which drives me out of my mind. Yeah. So in 2005, my mom attempted suicide, in which turn she was committed to a psychiatric 
institution instead of a rehab. That was before heroin? That was before the heroin. And then she got out and was, you know, basically put on a bunch of medications. And then she was in, you know, the, the system. And then the heroin started because she she got it on the streets. And that was easy for her. It was a, She got it, you know. And, was that uh, here in Southern California? Or somewhere? It was in New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Yeah. And Bernie's so, territory. Yeah, she had well, uh, a heroin pipeline. It's bad. Yeah. And she wound up uh, having a couple overdoses from heroin. She didn't die from that, um, but she she did overdose two or three times on heroin. Uh, wound up back in the, the psychiatric hospital, and it was just ongoing from there. So it was just a cycle. It was a horrible cycle for her of, of not getting the correct treatment that she needed. You yeah. know? How but long Shelley was she was sober a, when that Shelly was in that cycle. Remember we talked yeah. about that? 25 years. Isn't that heartbreaking? Yeah. Yeah, that's, I, you know, it's just so sad. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it, it's sad to see, and it's, it, it's powerful to witness as a recovering alcoholic myself, for, to see my mother having gotten so far coming from such a dysfunctional family, coming from a lot of abuse to make it all the way through her master's degree to, to be teaching at a college and then to go to heroin addiction, living in public housing, totally. Did undis- she ever process trauma? Did she ever get trauma treatment? She did get trauma treatment, but at that point they had diagnosed her with severe PTSD, borderline personality, a slew of different things. This is, as an older adult? That. Yeah. I was going to say that. So it had, it had come to the point and she, she passed away at 59. How could you tell somebody's borderline when they were strung out of heroin like that? It's, it's really amazing yeah. how this, this whole... But you know what's really sad? What, what, what really broke my heart about everything was that in the psychiatric institution, they weren't treating her for addiction. They were treating her with a bunch of pills for all these different... Yeah. Jeez, men- Bob, we've never seen that. That's you know, mental do. illness diagnoses. That's and all that's they do. Hard. Yeah. I'm telling you, Shelly, you know, Shelly, one of our treatment professionals from Celebrity Rehab the, with the glasses, blonde lady, she went through the exact same thing for years before she was properly diagnosed. Yeah. And, you know, I remember there was a time where my mom had called me. I flew to New Hampshire, and she was she had gone into the hospital um, and and she was hooked up to these machines and I and I pulled the doctor aside and I said I need you to know this this I go this is an addiction this is addiction my mom needs the right treatment she needs to be treated for addiction and she's being treated incorrectly and um, and and this really blew my mind what happened at the hospital because I I mean this this traumatized me so they put my mom in the room you know when you you go to the hospital they put you in a room that they, they separated me from her and she, she my mom lit up a cigarette in the hospital she's sure. <laughs> she's like whatever I'm smoking you know yeah. But they tackle her and they sedate her and they take her out in handcuffs oh, and it's geez. like the treatment of the the patients oh. and, and the misunderstanding of addiction and what's happening it blows my mind too. It's like what kind of people are working in these hospitals that they are so mean to people that are suffering from mental illness and addiction. It's mm-hmm. kind of like they're like we don't want to deal with you. We're just gonna throw you in this room. We're gonna treat you like crap and then we're gonna throw you in the psychiatric hospital and walk you out in handcuffs like yeah. you're a criminal. Yeah, you know, and it just perpetuates the cycle. You know, so. this reminds me of when you used to go to the locked units. And see yeah, all I, used <laughs> to, I used to see all the locked people as just addicts that were misdiagnosed. But you know, I would say back then a third of them were. Oh, at least right, maybe maybe two thirds. Maybe but two-thirds. now I would say probably two thirds of them are. The addiction is so much a part of our society. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's just so huge. Let's Everywhere talk. I go, every t- everybody I talk to, I, it's just crazy. Yeah, yeah. It used to affect, you know, I always say, in my era, the 80s, like, who were drug addicts? Like, 
criminals, musicians, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And we liked it that way. <laughs> yeah. Now it's everybody. Now it's your grandma. Now it's, you know, your mom, my mom. It's now it's everybody is on hard, let, hard narcotics. Let me take yeah. a turn. Let me take a turn uh, in this. And uh, you can imagine what Cindy has been through would make her like a professional codependent, right? Yeah. And you can imagine dealing with yeah. addicts like that all the time would make her need to like be highly attuned intuitively to what's going on with that other person to survive, right? Mm -hmm. So Cindy has a really interesting career path, right? Her her Twitter handle is at Median Cindy K. Medium right? Cindy K. Medium, yep. Median. Medium Cindy That's all right. <laughs> and she became a psychic medium. And uh, we were talking this morning about what it is she's doing, and we sort of agreed that it's using intuition to sort of tune into maybe things in other people talk about it. well Bob. yeah and, that's, and Bob, i bet you had questions i knew you might fascinate to heal, you to heal people and right? you know also as a child because you know my mom did have psychological problems but as a child you know you have to be very very attuned to what's going on in your environment think so she was you a borderline feel, think i she do was a borderline when you see that's the sense i got in I my do. intuition you okay. were just getting going with well, the 48 year old yeah, diagnoses right no this woman was borderline from this uh, that's okay it made my borderline, my borderline whatever i mean that's fine but, but, but yeah. she had it to she, the, the as we often see sometimes the program kind of keeps her glued together right? yeah and and you know i think this is very common that children that come from families with addiction or mental illness that you as a child have to be very very intuitive to survive, to survive because you you can sense the 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 fluctuation in energy around you are okay now today's not a good day for her i i can feel that and and it just becomes a part of survival absolutely absolutely uh, do, you, do you have a thing i have a thing where because i'm i've come you know what well, i just realized we're three people who know what we're talking in code to a certain extent borderline personality disorder which is not talked about when you read the dsm-5 Hopeless, <laughs> never curable. Yeah, you Talk know, the worst like the thing you could solution. ever have in life. Behavioral and yeah. but lots of people have it, and lots of people get functional. Yes. I'm not going to say they get whole or better Borderline or stops. They just get functional yeah. and they understand themselves. Yeah. I have a lot of borderline friends. My, yeah. you know, and. Shelly was diagnosed with that long ago. Jennifer, um, you know, there's yeah. a lot of people, and it's and when you get diagnosed with it, I think the professionals who know what it is think in terms of, oh my God, this is this yeah. is like always the worst. Be yeah, this it's way. the worst, and it's not. I, I you could just gotta you gotta be in their face well, all well, the time. He <laughs> says you have to have a good boundary. I think you need to get in their face all the time. Well, ju just the it's way a, well, I can see we that's a good thing too, but. But just the way narcissism traits are so common today, borderline traits are very common today. Yeah. yeah very common. Donald Trump has a lot of them. <laughs> he has, he's not borderline. <laughs> but, but he's a, he's a, he's he has a narcissist. What is he? He's well, a no, narcissist. He's always innocent of everything. You know, and the chaos is all around him, and he's innocent. That's one of the things I always think of when that's I think of borderline. Oh, that's interesting. You know yeah, what I mean? That's because they project it all out into the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's called projective identification. So yeah. it's very interesting. So yeah, I do see all the personality problems in our society. But if you grew up with it, which I grew up with it, you just you just know intuitively who has it and how to deal with it, mm -hmm. right? And mine is, um, you know, I a lot of borderline complain about stuff all the time, and I go, "Who cares? Nobody fucking cares." Mm -hmm. Just to, right in their face, nobody cares, mom. Nobody cares. Yeah. Why do you, th you yeah. know what I mean? Because part of the whole center, center of the universe is that 
you know, everybody's so concerned with their little poo butt problems. But but it's interesting. You know though, but, I mean? but but Cindy and I, I would argue, you you said something once that really caught my attention. You said there's some people that experience themselves internally first, and then other people secondarily. Yeah. People like Cindy and me experience ourselves through other people. We're yeah. be zeroing in on every little muscle in your face. You do this stuff, yeah, yeah, I do it too. And and we we react. Our experience of self is deeply affected by. The, so you're going to get sucked into the vortex pretty easily well, if what, you don't know to not get in. Yeah, yeah. And then do you feel like a bat when you when you were feeling yourself sucked in with your mother? Did you? That then when you just had to get away and you don't want guilty. to talk to her, you oh, feel the worst guilty, guilt right? Ever. And you know, part of this story too is, and this is really something that um, I've had to deal with. My mom passed away in 2013 and it got to the point with her addiction and her mental illness where... I didn't necessarily have the tools now to cope with setting boundaries that I do today. And so it came, became so extreme with her that I said, I can't talk to you anymore. I need that's, you to get out of my life. That's actually okay. That's and an then, okay way. Yeah. Well, but she, it and killed she, her to say know, that. Right? It no. did. And, and it was painful. And then for two years, I didn't talk to her and she passed away and I hadn't spoken to her yeah. during that time. But I know looking back, I said, you know, that was the decision I had to make for myself because every time I became so attached to her drama and her story, it took me down with her. And I had to get to that point where I had to set that extreme yeah. boundary. One you know? person survived. Thank goodness. Yeah. The other wasn't going to survive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could have gone down with her either. Yeah. And, 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 and that, yeah. frankly, the only chance she has is people leaving and setting boundaries and stuff. You just said something. One of the great psychiatrists we worked with at Los Encinas for you probably for 30 years, yeah. borderline common patient that we had. And I was kind of upset by the doctor's boundary with her and kind of this distance. And I said, you ever think about her or whatever? And he goes, listen, the only thing surprising about that case is that, that not that she died, that she lived so long. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised That's how with my deadly mom. But, personality but people, problems people, can be, but people don't think about mental health issues that way. It's, it's very similar to, uh, you know, psychiatrists can make prognosis, prognostic predictions much the way an oncologist can about cancer. It's not see America's not ready for that. No, I know. I know that's why we get blamed for stuff. You you don't. You know that doesn't doesn't cross people's mind. Now I don't want. Now I'm hopeful for just the way I'm hopeful for for the vast, vast, vast majority of cancer patients. I'm very hopeful for the vast, vast, vast majority of of drug addicts. But there are certain situations. I mean, these are you know there there's at least potential for fatality a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time. Well, they say in AA, your three options are um, incarceration, insanity, or death. Those yeah. are your three options in a relapse if you go if you don't stay sober. But I'm wondering if you have any questions for her about how she tunes into stuff, and uh, just a whole different I, topic for us to go. I down think here. it's you can just sense. Here's the thing with mediums because I love that world and I love the. Well, whole you have the ability yourself. I'm sorry, yeah. you know. But I see it in the stuff I've been involved with Susan a couple times. It is so healing just to hear a narrative. It doesn't yeah. have to be the absolute truth because there is no truth anymore. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It, but the narrative that you need to take care of you and the your departed mom or brother or sister or somebody you felt you betrayed before they died, they're okay with it. Those are healing things that people, mm-hmm. mis- you know. I, you know, you know what I'm saying. Yes, I do, but I don't get the sense that you would say that unless you felt something. Well, you would feel a healing or a forgiveness. Uh, yeah, I think I would argue that Cindy would tune into something. Let's say we're talking to you. 
in you that would have her conclude that that person, as she experienced that intuition, would in fact forgive you, but you can't you can't let go. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, so in the work, and you're right? Helping the person. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but yeah, I, yeah. but I, she's not doing it gratuitously. She actually feels that person would do so. Right. And so, and oftentimes, uh, the most healing messages I find are when people, you're doing the work as a medium and people come through on the other side where there's this highly dysfunctional relationship in the living and the person on the other side is, is seeing it more clearly, the perspective of what happened when they were here to say, look, it's okay. I, there's no anger left. There's no resentment. And because they want us to heal because we, in this life, in this plane of reality we hold on to all these things and it, it eats us alive and that's dan- that that's dangerous right because we yeah. we can't heal ourselves sometimes so to have that message i think is so profound and that heal helps people heal tremendously you know i really do believe it starts a new brain pathway yeah this, that, this one's Cindy's been writing all over the world trying to study all this stuff all the different ways different cultures do these things very interesting mm-hmm. it's very very interesting and, and there's I, another thing that's happened there were some deaths in my life that i felt contributed i i should have done more all the kind of stuff you might be felt with your mom as you get older you just got to be able to let those things go and i think that people can't people hold on to them for decades sometimes yeah you know what i mean yeah, till their own death yeah till their own death and yeah. it's and it's difficult right it's very difficult to feel that way in this lifetime because when people get a reading a medium mediumistic reading and the medium says you don't have to hold on to that it is a release for a lot of people you know if they can allow the release to really happen but we have to forgive ourselves that's the one thing that i've learned too it's like we hold on to this stuff but really we have to forgive ourselves in this lifetime you know what do you think she's doing when she does that do you have any theories I think it's. I think that the brain thinks in terms of shame, and you're just stuck. No, but I mean, a, what is she picking a, up on? What does she? Oh, do? about do the person. Yeah, what do you think? What's you mean the process of mediumship? Yeah, what's your, yeah, what's it's your just theory? It's an intuition. I think. I think yeah. that. So we have know, this. We have this right brain that is more bird and animal than anything else, and, and it attunes to something. And it, it attunes and, and to something. Attunes, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, I think it's interesting and even and I'm certainly not a neurologist, but studying the brain and the lizard brain, yeah, the yeah. primitive brain, it's it's fight or flight. It's responding okay. to stimuli. You and right? I were talking about this before the mics heated up and I, I'm going to have a we're going to talk about panic after the break. We'll yeah. Take a quick break. Be right back. I remind people that today's episode is courtesy of Rocky Mountain Treatment Center there in Montana. And if you've been listening to anything that Bob and I have been talking about over the years, you know that we're very particular about an addiction treatment. We don't uh, take recommendations lightly, so we've looked into these guys pretty carefully. And the Rocky Mountain Treatment Center happens to be one uh, I am able to recommend, and I'm happy to do so. They focus on individualized treatment of the patients, uh, including their entire well-being based on a biopsychosocial model. This is what Bob and I have done for years and years. Uh, they don't just look at addiction. They look at the psychiatric issues, the psychological issues, the trauma issues, all aspects of the physical and mental health. And of course, you've uh, heard me stress the importance of this uh, for long-term success. There's staying sober but there's what i call real recovery which is dealing with all the risk factors that set people up for bad addiction they're in great falls montana it's a 26-bed facility surrounded by amazing montana landscape patients can have a range of recreational therapies including equine therapy for more information on rocky mountain treatment center click on their banner on the thislifepodcast.com website or at drdo.com or visit their site at rocky.rehab that is simply r-o-c-k-y dot rehab Hey everybody, welcome back to This Life Podcast. We're back. 
And as I said, I liked how Cindy framed everything as this life, well, this life, well, this life. <laughs> Thinking of this life, go to the uh, thislifepodcast.com website. Support the podcast by clicking through the Amazon banner there. And, of course, support the products that are represented there. And also, you can get this all at drdrew.com. The same applies there. We need we need your help to keep this thing going. Yeah, we need, we need your support. <laughs> we so need please do. It doesn't pretend. cost you a thing to click through on that Amazon banner, but they kick us over a little bit, and we can then continue to pay poor Nate to run the board. You know stuff. who listens to this show is a lot of my clients right now is parents and i'm and it's so funny you know about your intuition about people i think you have intuition about things and people are so similar too so i was talking about this kid a couple weeks ago on a podcast and this mother was sure i was talking about her kid and i absolutely was not but drug addict stories are so similar similar. and their relationships with their parents are so identical and i I would say (laughs) but listen as as a physician you need to know that that's the very basis of medicine we look at these processes that are repetitive and we categorize them into groups we call those diagnoses then we go study what's underlying that and we understand that it's all caused by a common thing and in you know maybe an infectious disease it's an infectious agent in our world it's trauma and a substance you know or genetics but the human piece yeah, that's why we as doctors know it when we see it we can walk in the room and go oh I know what this is because we've seen it a hundred or a thousand times before and there are there are Unusual, but no unique. The people you see that come to you that want to be released from this guilt and this shame, they must have similar, you know, kind of narratives and you can read them like they just want forgiveness like what you said right yeah and they want to let go of that shame and it's a very common experience for human beings to have and a lot of people i mean i don't know very many families that aren't dysfunctional there's always some level maybe of dysfunctional in america (laughs) i mean i'm not saying every person because i can't say everybody but they're they're 50 percent and you know, and there's always even if the the relationship between, for example, the parent and the child wasn't horrible, sometimes the child still feels guilt that the parent did I do enough before they died? Did yeah, I do enough? Always. There's always, always something. Yeah. Speaking well, of this, here, we're ill prepared for death in this country. That's but for he, sure. here's for sure. oh, here I've, I said that early on when my my career I gave up on that one. <laughs> Okay. All right, so wait, wait. So I, I want Cindy to talk about her travels and what she's learned yeah. about. You know, she's seen. She has been through so many amazing things, and she's chronicled a lot of it on video. I've, I'd love it to go to television sometime on like Vice or something. It'd be fantastic. And uh, going and meeting healers and psychic, yeah, and psychics. you know what? What's so? I mean. First of all, mediumship and psychic ability, it's its innately human. I believe that every human being has this ability to agree. I always say everyone can play the piano. Maybe not everybody's going to be a concert pianist. But I really wanted to explore how mediumship and psychic ability exist cross-culturally, um, across all religions, because it's part of being a human being. So most of my time I've spent in Indonesia um, working with healers and mediums there. And, what, and on this topic of how in America, we treat a lot of things with medication. It's like, take the pill, take the pill, take the pill, right? And I, I'm guilty of that, you know? I mean, it's when you yeah. get you get a cold, you're like, I want a Z-Pack right now. I don't want to deal know, with the Drew's pain of the told cold. told me you know? sometimes, <laughs> if I give you a Z-Pack, that's not what you have. It won't work. I say, I want it anyway. I know, oh. exactly, right? And then, <laughs> and then you, you go to, oh, in, in Indonesia, um, what I've experienced is actually the opposite. You know, the healers I meet, that's the last thing they do at first. They'll, they'll say, here, let me try to heal you with this energy healing. Drink this 
this tonic elixir of whatever they're mixing different you know herbs together uh meditation prayer they oftentimes look at illness as a as a spiritual problem first but i would argue that that that's great it's dangerous but, a little well bit. no no i'm gonna i'm gonna say i i'm gonna say if you first you know have, are medically cleared it, it, then you go to this, yes. but but I would I would argue that one of their key qualities is a caretaking frame. They bring you into a frame. Yeah. They talk to you, yeah, and and that is heals heal, yeah. our brain. Yeah, and we've lost that. We our systems do not tolerate any of that. Don't, we don't even tolerate that in our families. Yeah, think about that. That's how far yeah. down the road we've gone. And I know my friends who I've done a, a filmed him a lot. His name is Kia Genghis Moya. Who's a he's a say that again backwards. Key, <laughs> forward, Kia Genghis Moya. He's a spiritual consultant. But I remember talking to him. He's like, oh, I have a sinus infection. Oh, I'm like, I have some medicine from America. You want to take this? He's like, no. He's like, I'm just gonna fight it <laughs> and, out. He's like, I don't want way, your pills. You by know? the way, ninety five percent of sinus infections should not be treated with antibiotics. And he won't he won't take him. He's like, no, no, I don't want the I don't want the pills. I'm yeah. just gonna fight it out, you know? Yeah, another like, healthy young person should not I, like I'm I've lost my window. Well, as you've you heard know, me say a but times. that that's that's an actual fact that we as a society now here's an interesting thing. Everybody's in Cuba right now, yeah. friends of mine. Yeah. Very little Rolling Stones. little to no Rolling Stones, yeah, yeah, yeah. with them? Little to Rolling no Stones your friend? little bit but i know that circle of people and they're having like an economic stomach down there Ugh. so little to no crime 100 percent health and wellness program bob bob right bob so, stop so get stop. bob stop i've been to cuba i've looked into their healthcare system and they literally say when you go there they go we have everything you need like i got my grandma last week she needed tylenol they, they made sure they figured out a way to get her some tylenol it is horrible you have no idea how deprived it is down there. They have little rest of areas they use as showcases, and they send their doctors around who are pretty well trained and sort of show off. The actuality of what they deliver is horrific. You can't get Tylenol. They, they made a big deal when we were down there that they could arrange Tylenol. We were just talking Tylenol. about how not everybody needs Tylenol. Now we're I, arguing I, that cultures all, listen, all need a woman, Tylenol. The, the point is, yeah. The point is, you couldn't. You, it's it is. Bare is there bones. health and wellness programs there? Bare bones. Is there education about health and wellness? Did not see anything like that. Is there that. 100% literacy? Didn't see that either, is there? I don't know. That's what the claims are. I mean, it, it was it was bad when we were there. It was only, what, 10 years ago we were there? Yeah, There's, and they only go to school until they're in the third grade or something, and then they're out in the fields picking yeah, tobacco. It, 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 was, it was intense, and uh, and the, the it was a mess. But it, I'm sure it's getting better, and I don't want to disparage anybody, but... We saw it firsthand, and and we and the way they thought about things, they would talk about the glory, and then talk about, and then here's what we what's glorious, and we'd go, oh Jesus! They brought, they gave us the, they gave us the best meal they had in Havana. It was uh, bologna and potato chips, and that was at the Havana Club, which yeah. is a beautiful place, but no one's allowed to go there. Uh, it was, and everything was just broken down. I mean, broken down that you can't imagine, like like Atlantis going into the ocean. But now we'll see that. Come Were the back. people happy? Uh yeah, and they and the, the I'll tell you where they nailed it, where they absolutely nailed it was in the arts. They have sort of unlimited funding for the arts. So if you wanted to be a musician or a ballerina, it is game but on. Just, that's but awesome. They were, just nailed art it. is so, so healing. Yeah. People were were seemingly satisfied, happy, a lack of anxiety, a lack of stress. Yeah, I, a lack I would of, argue I saw more of that kind of health in uh, the outback of. Uh, Costa Rica. 
people living oh, on yeah, Costa Rica. People okay. living on hut Another floors. place with severe poverty. I see that poverty. in Indonesia. Yeah, though. people in would, Indonesia. But, and, and I when I looked at that and saw that, I was sort of like, whoa, what am I seeing? What am I seeing? And I thought, oh, I'm seeing families that are together. That's what it is. Yeah. And and I'm I was talking to somebody about this the other day, and and I was like, you know why I love going to Indonesia so much is because there's such a sense of community there. Yeah. People help each other. Family community. And Cuba did have a big dose of that. Yep. And so I was so I would argue that. Happiness. I don't know those happiness because well, it was whatever pretty, you want pretty to call, tough. There. Whatever you want to call it. Did the people seem more whole, less stressed, less anxious, less no. traumatized? No. Well, no. I, I have seen that. I've seen that. I've, and you've in seen that In certain cultures. Yeah, I've seen that in certain... In poverty, I've seen that. Because what That's we're going to be point. able to do That's is Cuba is going to become the United States in... Five years. Yeah, There's like, going to be Walmarts and gas stations and capitalism. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. The yin yang and see, and you watch. The families will break apart. Oof. People want to go live in America. They'll have they'll have different kind of economic systems within Havana. They'll have the poor people and the middle class people and the rich people, and that is what causes stress. And I said this because Chrissy and I were talking, right? I have a chair in Laguna Beach that I'm going to go sit in and I'm going to wake up tomorrow and have my coffee in. It has the most beautiful view of Laguna, right? It's my most peaceful place in my weekend time, right? Mm. I love, I look forward to going there. But what it takes to have that place in this part of the world, Mm. that chair sitting Mm. looking there is so much stress and so much economics and so much driving to Temecula and Malibu and working and working. And I realize that in these outback, in Indonesia, in Cuba, in wherever you were in the outback of Costa Rica, they have their chair. It doesn't (laughs) matter where. Yeah. And you know, I want to say this too. What I, what I really, really find powerful about the time I've spent over there is that it's such a spiritual country when people are it's not Indonesia we're talking about Indonesia when people don't have a lot of you know money or they don't have a lot of material possessions I find the, the sense of community is stronger and the sense of spirituality is so strong and that creates a sense of peace and happiness that I think a lot of Americans are lacking because we're so focused on being individuals making money our jobs go 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 to have the chair, but it's all to have the chair. It's all to have the chair, but the chair's everywhere. We just look other places to find the chair. We just need to, to get the, chair. the chairs, Drew. We'll put no, them I'm... side by side and sit somewhere. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm up for that. <laughs> up for that. <laughs> yeah. but, but really it is that peace and that spirit and that that place, right? But, but I bet, I, I'm thinking, this is an interesting thought. I've never really had this thought before. I bet there are people who feel inundated by those spiritual messages who are as unhappy with the spiritual sort of emphasis as we are, or some of us are unhappy with the the individualist. You know what Possible. I mean? Humans are never all happy with everything. Never. No, they never. Can't never. There's no such not. thing as altruism. Because like, I was it does thinking, not exist. Well, because well, I think altruism, well, not pure altruism. But you're right, but but I think we're wired for a certain amount of it because that's why the species is so social and, and and survives so much. But but like I'm pretty happy with with things. I can appreciate all that. I'd like a chair, but I don't disdain how this country works. I think I've become... You disdain I'm trying to copy you, though. So I'm running late here. I text these where I text. I'll... I'm seven minutes away. Yes, Not well done. Like, well, well no, done. But that's just being you. It's easy. <laughs> it's easy to do that. 
That's not so hard. I'm driving from one place to the other. Right. No, I got to prognosticate Wait, seven minutes. Susan wants to go. No, that's great because when an addict is late, I'm always like, oh my God, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> that was that Easter egg. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, I, I like say. that, Bob. I love that. Thank you. Everybody that's sitting on this couch right now, and, and Susan too, we all work in the field of helping other people. So yeah. I think that's such a key part of being finding happiness in this lifetime. Totally agree. And Find and you can do that in any culture with any emphasis. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. you get nice that we get to, you know, it'd be nice if we could more find our emphasis in this culture. Yeah. Then be sort but of. But I wonder, did they know how to die in Indonesia? They do, don't they? They prepare for death. Yeah. Death is but, a part of life. They're not as afraid right? of death. Yeah, from yeah, my yeah. experience. Yeah. But that's where I was going to go with this too, because they they do die and they die relatively young and they don't have great health care and stuff, and so they get very they our denial of death is a problem. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think it affects our mental health during our I lifetime. I agree. Yeah. So let me do another. Uh, speaking of uh, mental health, here's a woman that was horribly abused in her childhood: sexually abused, emotionally abused, physically abused. This is interesting. She went to a uh, three kids, three different dads, and she went to a uh, sort of a a shelter where they supported her. I'm sure she was probably in a, I guess, in a violent relationship or something. I don't know this, but I, I'm guessing. And she actually became a mentor there, and then somehow things turned on her, and this ended up being more traumatic than anything else. So this kind of goes, I, we don't know what happened, and I don't want to point fingers at anybody, but it does go at the fact how people get engaged in traumatic reenactments wherever they go. And they'll make it happen, yeah. Yeah, and so you have to learn how to own that. I don't, I'm not saying Break it's okay. Yeah, I'm not so. saying it's okay. I'm not saying it didn't happen to you. I'm not saying anything. I'm saying how does you not let that happen ever again? Well, and that's part of recognizing the pattern. Yep. So any thoughts on that? Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I mean, that's happened to me where, you know, you're going through this cycle of recovery or not a cycle, but you know, you're in your recovery, you think you're you're healing, you're healing. And then, uh, you know, I've still attracted these situations into my life. I'm like, how did I do that again? (laughs) Why? I thought I was healed. I I mean, I thought I was together, you know, but I think it's just part of recognizing the pattern and saying, okay, I recognize this happened again. What do I need to change about myself? Instead of blaming everybody else, what do I need? to change about myself um, to stop attracting these situations into my life but also to not beat myself up about it because just because of my childhood and my addiction and all that stuff I mean it's I'm bound to uh, attract addicts into my life we talked about that you know and yeah we're we gonna take another quick break right back I do hey this is Dr. Drew this is the, with the This Life Podcast Bob we're Forrest, back and Cindy Kay is, is our guest today talking about childhood trauma stuff and so are we going to give me a reading yes we are but hold on one quick thing she was talking before the break about the patterns that we just keep doing in our lives even we we've had treatment and we're good i took a rorschach test i tell you about this recently a yeah, long time yeah, ago? no but I, about judy ho our somebody contributor to hl and gave me a rorschach test about three months ago really <laughs> do you know about this it's hysterical you'll you will feel vindicated what do you this, see in my that? wife well i you know i think i've had so much therapy and i think i'm so involved so much better my personality quirks are all my old personality stuff showed up on the other Rorschach. I'm like, shit, it's, all that crap is still there. <laughs> I know. It's still there. It, I must be dealing with it totally differently, but the personality stuff just stays. It's just, it just, and that's what theoret- theoreticians yeah, say. Yeah. It's just in us, and you can change how you manage and regulate and all this other stuff, and that's critical to it being livable, whatever's in your personality. But God damn it! How much it I was owns? Like, you. I was like, I was like, God, that was me ten years ago, fifteen yeah. years ago, before therapy. That was me. But all right, still in me. There That's you go. Crazy. Man, I, I think gotta, to change how you and your antisocial I stuff. I thought the, about. Yeah, I gotta take the MMPI again. <laughs> well, then, and I, I know for me, like what what's been. Uh, pivotal for me in my life right now is how I respond 
to situations. I've tried to not respond so, you know, out of my anxiety and working on that because I'm going to attract some of the same stuff. It's just going to happen. But yeah, it's just it's okay. how you, I respond to it's it. It's got to be you know? okay. you got to be conscious yeah. of it, aware well, I, of it. I just think about myself. Insight still doesn't mean change. Oh, absolutely true. Right? 100%. And so I think in our 12-step world, insight is taken for granted as change. Yeah, there's it's grave, hard to change. There's grave misconceptions. It's hard to gain insight. Grave misconceptions that insight is going to change you or that discharging an emotion is going to il- release it. <laughs> it just <laughs> makes it worse gonna, many times. Gonna, but, but anyway, so let, I want Cindy to do a little mini read on you. That's what we're going to do here. So. Well, boy, let me, let me switch gears. No, I know it's hard. It's not fair. I'm it's sorry. No, fair. it's okay. Let me just, you know. Um, I've had a lot of death. I'll well, I want to talk clues. about your dad first. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Your father would be on the other side. Am I right about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know very much that's the first man who steps in. And I know your father must have been somebody who um, also struggled with his own personality disorders. Am I right about that? <laughs> Some of the same ones. Because I see him <laughs> getting very angry at times. Oh, yeah. I see him be- being aggressive. I see him being angry in this lifetime, right? When he was here. Yeah, yeah. And I see him being somebody who also didn't want to deal with his demons is as he's putting it to me, right? Yeah. Because he thought that uh, it's almost as if he felt like this is life. This is what happens. I don't need to change. I don't want to change. And and but I know um, his childhood was difficult, too. It's a it's a cycle in your yeah. family. Yeah? yeah. Yeah. But your father shows me um, that he really really just didn't understand how to cope that's that's what i feel with him mm-hmm. did he actually have alcoholism your yeah, father because yeah, yeah. i know he battled the booze mm-hmm. and i know did um, he call it booze yeah everybody did back i battled then. the booze is <laughs> what he's saying the booze got me yeah and and i see him being a hard liquor drinker too yeah, yeah. um that slowed down later in life but, but yeah. i want you to know um your father first of all all mediums say this but it's the truth is so proud of you because you're so courageous yeah yeah and i know um would you also have an uncle that's on the other side as yeah, well yeah, your father's yeah brother is that yeah, right yeah. they would be together they came from um a family of just dysfunction yeah, yeah. uh do you know who um wait sorry and there's there you do have a lot of people over there yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, whoa it's like they're just like the, the storm is coming in no it's the perfect storm um <laughs> but let me let me tell you about uh first your uncle's there and um your mother must be over there yeah, too yeah. there she's here and do you know who they don't get along very good it doesn't matter <laughs> all things are healed on the other side is but it, is it all healed? i believe that okay. i believe that but i i want to go back to um well now i want to talk about your mom because i know they're all here but would you understand and i know you said they didn't get along but would you understand your mom being very codependent with your father because i see them arguing but i also see there must have been um some if i'm correct extramarital stuff going on um maybe but what I want to say is they're fine over there. And do you know who, oh, I know I know Susan's mom's name is Patty, but do you know who Trisha is or Trish, Trish? by chance? Patricia. There can be somebody in the living that has oh, that name. In, in you, the living? Do you know who Trish, Trish went by Trish specifically? No, I don't. Susan, do you know what Trish, did your mom go by Trish or was it Patty? I know Trish. You know a Trish mm-hmm. on the other side yeah. or in the living? Trish, yeah. okay, sorry. Because I'm hearing Trish, Trish, Trish. So let me just step that away for a second but um but what what the message really is from from your parents is just how courageous you are and that um 
honestly, it's like they're amazed. They're amazed that, at the progress you've made. And your dad shows me in his lifetime that, did your father, um, before he passed away, did he have dementia? Do you know who had yeah. dementia? Is that right? Well, he is kind of going crazy, yeah. Because I see him not having his memory completely. Yeah, I see yeah. him not being able to remember things or, or not recognizing faces. Well, Drew can it's read like, that. He yeah. stopped taking his blood thinning medicine after having open heart surgery because oh, he wanted to die. Oh. So that, you know what that's like. Yeah. Um, and he strokes, also... Uh, strokes. Uh, so his mind, he's just shown me his memory must have been fa- fading. He can't, he yeah, can't remember. Yeah. Um, and he also talks about um it was hideous to watch just so you know um well he's he's healed on the other side that i can assure you but his mind is healed and uh he also is is explaining something about um somebody who would have had wartime experience is that your father they all all did because i I know i was in the war i had wartime experience my uncle had big time war and ptsd maybe from that the wartime experience and there's also somebody who took their own life on the other side that you would know as well. I see it by, um, honestly, Curly. I feel like there's, there's, who are you? Do you understand a woman who committed suicide with a pill overdose, if I'm right, where I've took too many pills? Oh, my. Well, I don't think it was an overdose, but she died of that. Yeah, pills. Aunt, yeah. Okay. Because. Um, but my dad's best friend killed himself and I found the body. Ah. Uh, sure. I know that this is the woman who had the pill, the pills. I feel like yeah, it's an overdose, my yeah. Momo. And so you, she, she's showing me too. Though I feel like honestly, with her pill problem, the addiction, she shows me I'm on more than one pill. I feel she's got this concoction yeah, of things yeah, going morphine on, morphine too, and it's all mixing together. Oh yeah. Um, and that's what took her, took her. And uh, do you know who Margaret is as well? The name yeah, Margaret. That's my mom's side of the family. Okay, because I've got Margaret. And I've got Jane as well. That's my sister's name. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, so much power to you because you're just going to, you've helped so many people. And also, have you ever thought about writing like a children's book for children going through, um, coming from dysfunctional families? No, but that's hmm. a good idea. That's a great idea. Because it has to do with No one's really done that. Yeah, no one's done that. Why don't we do that? Why don't you do it? I'm happy to do it. But <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. I, I need it on drdrew.com. I'll, I'll help you. I'll help you. <laughs> no, it really, it really, I know, you know, the book writing I'll and stuff. Is my you. dad trying to make up for leaving by giving me a good idea? <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> it, and it, you know what it is? It's like, it's like a book with pictures. It's a legit yeah, children's yeah. book, but it talks about all my these different aspects. My dad's an alcoholic or something. My dad drinks too much, something like that. And do you know somebody named... Um, I have Jenny, Jennifer, Jenny, or Pe- I heard Jenny and Penny. I heard them both, which is oh my god, that's Jennifer Ketchum. Yeah, yeah. There's What's two Jen. Yeah. Well, Jennifer Ketchum goes Jennifer by Penny. Penny. Oh, well, she did. She's a friend Jenny of ours. Yeah. Oh, Penny. she's alive. Live, yeah. Jenny Penny. Oh, she goes by Penny. Interesting. Yeah. No, she, she did. Goes by Jenny. She, she had a whole other life as Penny, but she's oh, Jennifer that's now. interesting. Okay, she's still here. So yeah. let me just acknowledge. I've got to figure these, out why these I'm people that, that she's you're, become. You know what? These people she reminds me of me, kind of. Jenny does. No and we lived kidding. in the same apartment. Remember? Yeah. She's taking the same track as me. She's going back to school. She's reinventing oh, yeah. herself. I see that she wasn't. So, I think about that all the time. I don't. I never experienced her as so antisocial. But you're right. She was. She wanted to fuck with us all the time. <laughs> I mean, she really wanted to screw us up. You know what I mean? She had that whole. I'm the only one that remains antisocial. 
and she, in wellness. No, but listen, she was very impressed when uh, her psychiatrist said, "You're you're a scammer. You're you're a little criminal." Schemer, yeah, little and criminal. she's like, "Oh yeah, he knows me." She was on a previous episode too. Yeah, oh, yeah. but but what should we do with these people that are alive that you keep your? Who did out? I say first? What was the Jenny name? Jenny or Penny? Jenny or Penny? But yeah. there was somebody before Trisha. that. Trisha. Okay, yeah. so for Jenny, Jenny, do you know if Jenny's mother's passed away by chance? Mm, don't know. Does anybody know? Uh, uh, she didn't have contact with her dad, or now she. Yeah, is. I don't know. I'll, Should I we'll, text her? <laughs> well, let me just say this because I hate I hate to say somebody's on the other side when they're not, and simply I could be acknowledging her mom. Um, and and what I want to say is just there's love and healing around that situation. Okay, so I'll right, put that yeah. there because that, I, I can't get the validation. Jenny, that's two of Jenny's life generally. So I okay, um, and also um, what I want to say about her is is you know you mentioned her going back to school, right? Yeah. But they're still going back to that child psychology. Like, it's very, it's coming Who are we back. About? Who, what? Jenny. Jenny Penny. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's the child psychology, but maybe you could collaborate with her somehow. Oh, that's a great psychology. idea. She could help you write girl. the book, Bob. Yeah, yeah. Great yeah. idea. Yeah. Good idea. Well, that's a great and idea. And she's a great writer. She's oh, a wonderful writer. Then that's maybe where and that's I'm coming not. in. Yeah. And I'm not, but yeah. I'm a good But you're an artist guy, and you have the creative guy. aspect. Yes, there you go. And there could also be like a music, something with music therapy, like a CD connection. Connected to it yeah, somehow, or that could have been. What a great idea! Yeah. And then with Trish, um, Trish was somebody who was on the show as well. No. No. Okay. Um, that's a friend of yours, yes. Trish. Um, okay. What I want to say, what I'm feeling immediately, is talking about Trish, and I feel like her father would be on the other side. Is that correct? True. So her father comes through just to say hi, and there's a happy birthday around the family somewhere. Mom, and Trish, ah, just had it. So happy birthday, and that's there, the there quick you message. There okay. you go. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, wow. <laughs> what is that? Wow. What They're did you do? Coming through. They're just coming through. <laughs> and if you want to hear more of Cindy Kaza, listen to Calling Out with Susan Pinsky. Uh, she just <laughs> decided to re-resurrect her podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and Cindy's do you know who Fred is, or Freddie is by chance? Fred? Frederick. Fred. Freddie. Yeah, there. Well, I know some Freds on this side or on the on other the side. On the other side, there is there a Fred over there? Fred, not in my life. I, I don't do. Think. Oh, you do? Well, there you go. I'm Hi. sitting behind Bob, so they always kind of. Make I know Freds there. in this life too. But it's on the. You know what Fred on the other side, Susan? Yeah. There you go. Okay. Hi from Fred. There's my great grandfather. Oh wow! Fantastic. Oh, by the way, you got to get those. Why? Why? Okay. No, I'm gonna. Uh, it's for Susan. Yes, quickly, and I'll I'll tie it up with this. If it's your great-great-grandfather, Fred, what he's showing me is that he wants you to do the genealogy test again. Did you do the genealogy swab ever where you did the, what's it called? Um, yeah, no, see? but we have not done that. He wants you to do it because you'll be really amazed at what you discover. I know you have roots, where was it, in the Czech or something? Yes. Yeah. But you also have roots, uh, it's Neanderthals. In, in Holland. Have you ever, <laughs> do you have roots in Holland? Are, are you aware of that? We don't know. That would make well, sense. Well, we don't, I don't really know a lot about yeah. them before they came to the United States. Yeah, your States. mom might have Holland. Dutch. So check it out. You'll be, you'll be amazed by that. I Go think online, get it. Get it. Go. What's swab? it called? The swab. It's called. There's various ones out there. They're, they're well, 26 and me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was able to trace Fred back to New York. He was like in the turn of the century or before that, like way before that. But I didn't know. Let's do. Let's do the when they came over. You'd be surprised how much Neanderthal we have in us. You, sure. you heard about the Bill Maher did it, and Bill Maher and somebody else. Bill Maher and. Somebody hates Rush Limbaugh oh. are related, <laughs> or Bill? Ah, no, Bill Maher and Bill O'Reilly. Bill Maher and awesome. Bill O'Reilly are blood relatives. That's awesome. I bet they didn't see that one coming. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that would be so weird. All right, anything for me before you go? Oh, let's see. Okay. Let's see. Okay. Um, okay. So, what am I picking up on you? Um, do you want to talk about people on the other side, or do you want to talk about your life now? Life now. Okay, that's what I thought. 
Um, now, honestly, I know, I mean, I do know some about you, but your singing career is just going to skyrocket after this TMZ <laughs> thing. That is what I'm seeing. I see a full album coming. I see you getting a record deal. I see it all just coming it's out. Hysterical. It's coming out. No. Um, <laughs> Too funny. Okay, Cindy's funny too. She yeah. no, I, I'm a comedian so. right now. Yeah, she is. Comedian. Um, <laughs> now, I want to talk about, because um, I know you have TV stuff. I don't even want to talk about that. I want to actually go into you opening up a, your own treatment center with another group, but it feels small. Like, do you, and I don't know, do you have a, an outpatient or like a um, halfway house? Have you ever gone into business with somebody? Bob and I have talked about doing that. Yeah. That's where it is. We don't want to do that, though. Well, let me just say this. Um, I know it seems like a daunting task. It's yes. like so many risks involved. Oh. I don't want to get sued. I don't want to deal with this, <laughs> right? That's what I'm hearing. That's what he says every day. Uh, <laughs> it's, just such, it's just so much. It's The work is so intense. Liability is so high. Yeah. Okay, yeah. let I, her I, keep going. All right, all right. But what I want to say is this. It's an outpatient, like halfway house treatment center. But what I see happening in this treatment center, outpatient, is there you incorporating not only proper east uh western medical advice but also there's eastern there's meditation there's there's art there's painting there's things that work with both aspects of the healing to get to the mind body connection it's not tradition traditional yoga there's like so many things happening with that um i feel like it's going to be honestly in the future maybe it might take about five years i mean it's out but i see it it's gonna take me 10 years to talk about it (laughs) no i see it being possible but i also see it being somewhere where i feel like i'm almost on a beach or i'm somewhere Oh, that makes sense somewhere in retirement i could see doing something like that Um, so so don't don't be afraid to do it it's not happening right now but please don't let go of that idea i know it seems scary but it's something that I really see. I know. Being able I know it would. I, so I know it would help. I know it would do a lot of good. So that, and I can't let go of that thought. So we're that, moving to Laguna. Laguna Bay. It doesn't. <laughs> I've got to be honest with you. It doesn't even feel like I'm. I'm in the United States. That, oh, really? Hey, we could not get sued. Well, that's true. You can go. To <laughs> I feel like I'm in Puerto Wait Rico. Wait a minute, Drew. Or, well, Puerto Rico is the United States. You but, love Costa Rica. But, let's go to the British Virgin. Puerto Islands. Rico is the United States, but it's somewhere not in the the. U.S. here, you Interesting. know, cool. Um, we'll work up. We'll work with Air Clapton. Yeah, go to cross. Oh, yeah. hey, why not? I could work. Why not? That. Why not? I could go right. In that direction. But I have to keep saying this: the the fear. Of why being... do I feel guilty if we would go do that? Like we're not supposed. We're not because you're it, not because supposed it, to be you know that why? happy and that content and no. live in that beautiful place. No, because it feels. You know why? It feels high end. And you and I just like working with regular people. That's and, and that's a problem for us. But you know what I think? Don't I wouldn't look at it high end because that's not even where I'm going with it. It feels like it's it, it won't be high end. It feels like it will be accessible for people that don't have a lot of money because you'll get sponsorship. So Bill Gates will come in and from yeah. other people. Well, that and, would. And let me just say this too. This is important, and 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 the world is changing very quickly, um, and there's a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline. I'm not going to get too you know. <laughs> negative but there are going to be so many people that need help that suffer from trauma it, it and and it will be an outreach in that way as well okay uh. and so that's why I, another reason i feel in the future so don't let your fears so i shouldn't run you. for senator to try to no, no. Okay, don't do that. You're not running for senator. Yeah. Right, Sorry, good. I hate Thank to, you. Hate to Thank burst you. your bubble on that, but I don't see that happening. That I might ruin that for you, honey. <laughs> start, start at the state level. Also, have you considered writing a book with stories from your patients that you've treated along the way? 
you can't really do that. Ah, too personal. Uh, cracked, I, but, cracked, but I, cracked is that? Though. Well, no, it isn't that. It's based that on people fiction. we've seen. It's yeah. all fictionalized. That's the closest you can get to. Ah. you know what I really did was my feelings about things and okay. sort of brought a story to life. Out okay, of it. there might be a part two of that then. Oh my goodness. Okay. There you go. Okay. Well, okay. Enough about That's Drew. A lot. We, if you want to hear more psychic readings with Dr. Drew, you can tune in to Calling Out with Susan Pinsky. <laughs> <laughs> Are we done here? Uh, yeah. We're done with the reading. No, but and, I think we're out of time, too. Yeah. And um, I wanted Cindy to talk about like where people can find yes, her. Yes, please and, do. Oh, yeah. And also, what the other thing you do, like you travel the world, you study Indonesia and other cultures and mediumship, but she's also on tour in the United States. And does many many shows, which she has coming up. How about yeah. how about you're such a great guest? How about we all do like a public podcast of some type? I of would all love these different that. Things get involved. Read, Let's do it. I will, I'm in. I'm did in. Did you so, go to Mike's thing last night? No, it was not last night. It was during the week. I did. Yeah, he was great. No, he played the improv last night. Oh, Mike Carano. Yeah, no, yeah. I didn't. We were at something. I was singing okay. at the. I was singing at Staples. <laughs> I, I sang he the, crushed <laughs> it. By the way, check that out, man. Um, but. But it, it this does I, you know I, I I'm interested in us being inclusive in ideas and sort of I don't know I just feel like if we don't sort of broaden out the perspectives and the kinds of people we work with here in this podcast we're we're leaving people out yeah and so you you to me represent sort of a, another approach and we I think if we did something in a like in an improv or something it'd be very interesting I'm very in interesting. So, I would love that. Yeah, we can do it with our non-sober people. Come, they can drink if they want. We don't okay, do. So they don't give. Are you? Oh yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll pimp myself out here. Look at all the places you're um, going. MusicCityMedium.com, MediumCindyKeza.com. Twitter is at MediumCindyKeza. I've got a got a Jersey, little tour Alabama. going on oh. here. Oh my god, Cindy, look at that. Booked until December. Yeah. Um, if you want to check out my my diary of a medium episode you're one, the Soho you can find it on House TV. in New York. That's I about us. Crazy as a place you can go. April thirteenth, Soho House, NYC. So yeah, I feel very blessed to be able to uh, tour wow, the U.S. like I've so been doing. Cool. And awesome. she tours many of the uh, clubs across the nation, and she I've puts herself. Zanies. That's a national. Zanies is club. my home club. They, that's there's a, club. a first place that took a took a real chance on me. I, give, I I really give props to Zanies because they gave me a residency. I've been there for two and a half years. Oh my god, they've really been great to TMZ me. TMZ so. t- takes pictures of her coming out of Zanies. <laughs> yeah, and it's not expensive. Cool. You just go to these twenty clubs, bucks you, a ticket. Yeah. yeah, you pay twenty bucks. You go in. You can see how she works, and you might get a rating. You never know. And she's really good at her craft and and actually funny it's it's not just entertaining serious sad and really and there's i believe in it here's the thing my uncle woody who you were describing you didn't know who what his name was was in the war got his foot shot off was a bartender alcoholic and he and my dad were the closest of my dad's nine brothers and i loved uncle woody i went to the va hospital in pomona and was there when he died only you were raised only by only like, forest that went and visited him. you were raised by cartoon characters <laughs> <laughs> woody forest i mean it's crazy it's like i think of the flintstones or something it's, woody is where i got all my information about women from He's wow. the one that's coached me. Woody, about, of course. About His girls. Woody. Nice. Woody Forrest. <laughs> Thank you, Susan. This is Jonah, my wife. It's a, yeah, it's just a self-fulfilling <laughs> we, we, prophecy. We understand. Like, we get it. Uh, <laughs> no, but it, my favorite episode on Calling Out with Susan Pinsky was Rehab Heaven with Bob Forrest yeah. and Andy Dick. Oh, it was wow. my, it's one of my favorite. Oh, it was wow. fun. It's so check it out because he does have a lot of spirits around him and he's he knew a lot of celebrities that actually showed up. It was really, really cool. 
All right, we got to wrap this up. Thank you all. Please, again, support everything that we need supported to make this thing happen. And uh, look, tune in soon for a tour of the three of us out there. Yeah, somewhere let's go. Let's go to Zany's. Awesome. I want to yes. go to Zany's. Please this might do. be the mixture, yes. Yeah, it's like, it's interesting, isn't it? It's interesting something yeah, about this. Yeah, Cindy, you rocked it. Yeah. All right, we'll oh, see you next time. Thanks for thanks. having me. You bet. Home is a place A place to seek, a place I wonder how when I'm with you I don't need a lever of control But home